The lesson for today is Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Here ends the lesson. Please be seated. Well, good morning. I hope you have all had a very happy Thanksgiving uh, gathering with family, friends, and that you are uh, in, still enjoying uh, that, that weekend as it kind of comes to a snowy close here in the next few hours. Uh, Thanksgiving, of course, we do give thanks. And I want to give thanks to you that we collected 339 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child and over 1,200 pounds of non-perishable items for loaves and fishes. So thank you, and let's give thanks to God for that. Being thankful, having an th attitude of gratitude, a thankful heart, is what we're lifting up today. It's what is lifted up for us at this time of the year in particular. But the benefits of it, research shows, and perhaps you have read some of this research, shows the benefits of being thankful. That it can help us get out of a funk that it can help us with depression, that it actually has not just emotional benefit, but physical benefit as well. That those who live with a thankful heart actually live longer, live better lives, exercise more. I mean, all of the positive things that go together can be linked as well to a thankful heart. And so in this spirit, I want to share some thoughts with you today about how we can further develop a thankful heart. A.J. Jacobs is a self-proclaimed guinea pig, uh, a journalist, an author of several books, including Know-It-All, where he read from A to Z the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. Anybody remember the, the encyclopedias, like 40 books on its own bookshelf? Yeah, they don't make those, I don't think, anymore. Um, but he, he actually read everything from A to Z. He uh, is the one that wrote The Year of Living Biblically, during which he sought to follow literally everything that was commanded within Scripture. We do not recommend this. There is a lot of stuff in there that is contextual, that is cultural, and uh, it's, it's really a surface reading of Scripture. But this is something that he attempted to do. 
And most recently, he wrote a book called Thanks a Thousand. Up until the writing of this book, Jacobs had the practice of before meals of thanking everyone that helped to bring that meal to their plate. And so he would say thank you to the farmer who grew the vegetables that were on his plate. He would say thank you to the truck driver who drove the produce from the farm uh, to the distribution center, from distribution center to the grocery store. He would say thank you to the grocery store clerk who checked him out at the grocery store. And one day, his 10-year-old son commented, as 10-year-olds may do from time to time, Dad, this is a really lame practice because these people aren't here. They can't hear you. Jacob said, son, that's a great idea for another book. And so what Jacob's then sought to do was to thank everyone in the chain that brought him, and he thought about, ah, about my morning cup of coffee. And so he sought to thank everyone that helped to bring him that morning cup of joe. And so he started by going to Columbia to the family who grew the coffee beans from where his coffee came. And he learned all about their practice and um, saw their chickens, which he said were the size of small dogs. They were so big. And uh, saw how coffee was grown and made and produced. He went to his local a water plant, and he thanked the people there that helped to make sure that his water was clean and pure. The people who cleaned up, there are actually people that clean up animal feces around the water plant so it doesn't leach in to the water supply. And he thanked them. He thanked the person that made sure there weren't any bugs in the area where the coffee beans are stored. And as he did this, as he thanked literally a thousand people in this chain of people that helped to bring him his morning coffee, he said some people were stunned by it a little bit, wondered, what is this guy selling? What is he doing? We're a little suspect, but most people responded very positively. And he said it, it tended to brighten their day and their lives because many of them said, like the people that made sure there weren't bugs in the coffee, I don't get thanked a lot for what I do. And he said it brought him a feeling of joy as well. During a recent podcast that I was listening to, Jacobs shared some tips for living a happier and more thankful life. And I want to use this as a way to kind of jump off uh, and, and talk about some of my own ideas, some things that uh, do come from Jacobs, others that come from an article that Billy Graham wrote last Thanksgiving. Billy Graham, who passed away in February and um, the most uh, renowned uh, Christian evangelist of this past century, 
And he wrote an article about having a thankful heart. And then other things that come out of this passage today from Psalm 95. So here's a list of seven things that I want to go through to help us continually develop a more thankful heart. First, become aware of the things that go right. If you're like me, and like most people, you can get rather frustrated when things that are supposed to work, things that are supposed to operate a certain way, don't work that way. When the electronics don't work, when your phone stops working and freezes up, when the internet is slow, when you push the elevator and it doesn't come quickly, when you spill the milk on the counter because you're rushing around. When you get in that grocery lane where the person is doing the price check and you're in a hurry, you know what I'm talking about. It's easy for us to get frustrated and say, this always happens to me. And, and our response is way out of proportion a lot of times for what the situation really is. Jacob says that's because of our tendency towards the negative bias. When we hear a hundred compliments and we receive one critical comment, what do you focus on? Not the hundred. You tend to focus on the one, the critical comment. It's, a, it's our negative bias, our natural tendency to focus on things that go wrong. And so Jacob says, get away from that. Try to declare war on the negative bias and count and look at all of the things that go right all the time. When you do get in a grocery lane that goes rather quickly, when things do work, when the internet spits out all of this information that you're looking for, and updates you on friends and family and helps you with your work. With the fact that you have milk and food in your glass and on your plate at all. Second, take time to savor. Literally, savor. Savor drink and savor food. Like this gentleman who savors ice cream for a living. Let's take a look at this. So in tasting, what we do is take a small amount right off the top. It doesn't take much. That's the warmest part right here. I'm going to invert the spoon. Mm. Cover all 9,000 taste bud. Aerate it. Warm it up. Driving up that top note. That cream. Pure vanilla. Sweeteners. That's a 10. <laughs> I just laugh every time I watch that. We did this yesterday with our pie and ice cream. Mmm. Apple. Sh sugar. Cinnamon. Mmm. It's a lot of fun. Try it. Gathered around the Thanksgiving table, I'm sure many of you have dishes that are a part of that, that are favorites of yours or that are family favorites. 
And I imagine you had that moment where you're just like, ah, that's so good. So good. And, And you take that time to savor that taste. Savoring when we take the time to to enjoy, whether it's a a taste of of food or of drink or or something else around us, when we take that time to enjoy these things that God has created, that honors God for what has been created. One of the things that we are made to do is to enjoy God and God's creation. And so to take the time to savor that. But it's not just about savoring food and drink. To take the time to savor moments. To savor the presence of loved ones that are there perhaps around that Thanksgiving table. And when loved ones are no longer there, you know that feeling of of emptiness. And how... You would like to savor that just once more. As my kids have been growing up, and now they're they're all grown up, and off kind of, one's in college, one's Mr. Juliet now, off on his own. And as they were growing up, though, along the way, I would just stop sometimes and savor that moment when they were playing with something or to savor the moment of of them saying something really cute or when they're sleeping in their bed and they look so angelic, even when they were causing a little bit of chaos, sometimes I would just stop and and remind myself, this is just for a moment and I want to take it in. I do that with my parents as they're aging And I know they're not going to be there forever. Just taking a moment to to savor their presence. To look into their eye. To to savor their smile. To savor that story. Even though I've heard it a hundred times before. But to savor it all the more. Because I know it won't always be here. Take time to savor Third, count your blessings to fall asleep. Some people count sheep. But here's a suggestion to count blessings. And start with A and try to get to Z. You won't make it. Likely won't make it. You might get to to F, to M, to R, to S maybe. But start with A's, and it can be from the day, or it can be something from your life, and just give God thanks for that blessing in your life. Moreover, giving thanks as we drift off to sleep causes our minds to wind down, and it can cause you to reflect on the good of life rather than on the troubles, and it gives honor to God by naming your blessings. Fourth, thank God for the people in your life. 
Thanking God for people, naming them in your prayers causes you to reflect more on their presence and on the good things about them. It nurtures your love for them. What about the people that I'm not getting along with, though? What about the people that are really difficult? All the more reason to give thanks for them. Maybe not for the way they make you feel or the way they are treating you, but giving thanks to God for them. Because as we give thanks to God, it's just that much more difficult to hold a grudge or bad feelings toward them. As we give thanks, it builds empathy and it tills the soil of your heart to plant the seed of acceptance and forgiveness. Fifth, rid yourself of entitlement and recognize that everything you have is a gift from God. Entitlement is the enemy of a thankful heart. The more one feels entitled, the less one feels grateful. A remedy to entitlement is to encourage or to recognize that we do not deserve anything in our lives, but that in fact it is all a gift from God. There was a church in South Carolina that uh, was approaching the holidays a few years ago, and they did a little video as a reminder as they approached Christmas that everything they have is a gift. Let's take a look at this. I'm alive! I'm alive! Yeah? Yeah! Oh, yeah! Hey, Christine! You're here too! I love you! I know! Dad, what's happening? Honey, the power works! It's coming, it goes on and off! Whatever we want! We've got clean water! Oh, that's great. Look at that. Ooh. I bet I know what this does. Rain down the glorious water. Ha. Shoes. Oh, what do we got here, guys? Our food. Mm, I love food. What? Um, mm -hmm. A food? Mm -hmm. I have work? This is awesome. when those kids shuffle in the room. You know, you're just, Dad, what's going on? Rid yourself of entitlement and recognize everything is a gift. Sixth, be thankful in all things. It's easy for us to be thankful when things go 
right, when things go our way. And we give thanks for those times and for those things. But what about when things go wrong? What about when we're facing difficulties? What about when the road is tough? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. A little while back, one of the fathers of a member in our congregation was diagnosed with terminal illness. And I had the opportunity and the privilege to walk with them during this time. And as I met with them regularly, on one of those occasions, um, I think it was at the hospital, we were gathered around, and as was often the case, where I was supposed to be ministering to him, he would minister to me and minister to us and to his family. And sometimes I would say, oh, can we pray? And he'd say, sure, can I pray? Absolutely, uh, help, help yourself. And this one time he said, I want to pray. There he is in the hospital bed, and he's got this terminal illness, and he started by giving thanks. He gave thanks to God for various things, but then he did something really profound. And he thanked God for that thing that was growing inside of him that was invading his body, and that would be his end ultimately. And he said, I want to thank you, God, for that, because it too is one of your creations. What an incredible perspective to have. To thank God not only when things are good, not only when things are going right, but in the midst of something that is so desperately wrong, of something that is invading the goodness of your life and of your health, but to recognize within that and to have an attitude of thankfulness because all things are part of God's created order. Thank God and have a grateful heart at all times. And seventh and finally, thank God that you are in his care. Verses six and seven of our text today say this, come let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock, under his care. In all times, in all circumstances, in all situations, we are in the care of a God who loves us, who gives us life, who has shown us grace and mercy, who walks with us in the darkest valleys, who calls us and gives our lives meaning in purpose. What more could we ask for? And what greater thing could we be thankful for 
then to know that. There is a God who made us, who knows us, who loves us, in whose care we live and walk in all of our days. Seven ways for us to develop a continually more thankful heart. I'm sure you can, and I would love you to add more to that. As you talk around your tables, as you continue to gather with one another about continually developing a thankful heart. Because it not only benefits those we thank, it not only benefits ourselves, but it gives honor to God to whom we give ultimate thanks. Let's pray. Creator God, we do give you thanks for all blessings that come from you, for all things that come from your hand. Lord, it is so easy for us at times to focus on that which doesn't go right, to focus on the difficulties and the challenges that we have in our life. And while we don't want to diminish those things, Lord, we want to recognize all that is going well, all that is in your loving care, all the ways that your love and your mercy and your care intersects our lives, even in difficult circumstances. Lord, you are there and you are present with us. You walk through those valleys with us. We can be thankful. We can be thankful in all times and in all circumstances. Lord, help us to continually develop within ourselves a thankful heart. To give thanks for all that you have given us. To give thanks for all of those blessings we receive in our life. And to be motivated and compelled like that, by that, to be a blessing to others. We pray in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm.